the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Welcome to another edition of Life in Colorado. I'm Maria Oliver. This week we'll be featuring the Cottonwood Institute, a great organization getting kids out side and away from their computers. We're lucky enough to have with us actually Ford Church. He's the founder. He had time to join us for a phone conversation this week. So let's go ahead and get to that interview. Hi, Ford. Are you here with us? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I know a little bit about the Cottonwood Institute, but go ahead and share with our listeners uh, who you are and and what you do. Yeah, so Cottonwood Institute is an educational nonprofit. Uh, We're a 501c3 organization, and we're really on a mission to do two things. One, we want to connect underserved students to the outdoors um, before we ask them to care about it. We also want to take it a step further and actually empower them to um, take action to address local issues that they're passionate about. Now, when did this start? You're the one of the founders, is that correct? Yeah, this all started as a project of my master's thesis a bunch of years ago. So I uh, went to Prescott College, where I could get a master's in adventure education. <laughs> now, wait for the laughs, because you can get a master's in adventure education. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but it was a great program. It really gave me the space to uh, create what I wanted to um you know, within a, a supportive environment and uh, got to research all these different things. And what came out of it was our core program uh, called the Community Adventure Program. Now, when did you get started with this? So Codwin Institute started in 2003 okay. as part of my master's work. And we actually officially incorporated back in 2004. Okay. So um, over 10 years, definitely. So you've seen some definite challenges and evolutions for sure over the last 10 years. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the, the Cottonwood Institute has definitely changed. Um, you know, when I first started, I just I just was looking for a school that would let me pilot this class. And we found a great school, uh, an alternate public school up in Boulder called New Vista High School. And uh, they let us pilot the program. I actually had a conversation with the principal. They were uh, looking to hire an outdoor leadership instructor for you know, two or three hours once a week, and I knew that wouldn't pay the bill. But I wanted to kind of just reach out and let her know about my the program that I've been working on through the grad program. And she was great. She's like, why don't you come over to my house? We'll sit in my seat in the backyard. You can tell me about your program. And so I was like, well, what, one, what principal has time for that? Two, she didn't know me from, you know, some person off the street. So um, she was very nice, and um, she's like, look, I think this will be a great fit. Um, you know, with that school, and she's like, if you can get 15 
10 or 15 kids to sign up, you know, we'll offer the program. So that first year, October of 2003, we got 15 kids to sign up. And 14 years later, we're still there. So it's been a great, great success there. Now, I was looking over your website, which is, is laid out beautifully. I, I'm a little oh, thank you. slow and definitely the big pictures and the big letters. <laughs> yeah. me out a lot. I almost didn't have to wear my glasses to look at it. So that was great. Um, what is a field instructor? So, yeah, we, so we hire professional instructors. I think a lot of people think nonprofits are all volunteer run. And we definitely um, really try to run a professional organization. So we hire instructors that you know, have experience leading, you know, kids in the outdoors, also with uh, classroom experience, and who also have a minimum of a medical certification, which we typically require a wilderness first responder or wilderness first aid. So we just want to make sure that when we're taking, you know, kids out into nature and the outdoors that, um, you know, we can provide the best uh, care that we can if something should go wrong. Definitely. And what is the, the average age of uh, students that are participating? I saw some maybe older grammar school and high school kids. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we primarily work with middle and high school students. So 6th through 12th grade is kind of our sweet spot. And when I started Cotland Institute, we started working at a high school. And then as we started replicating, um, there was a demand for middle school programming as well. So we started offering it for 6th for through 8th graders. Okay. Now, um, I see that uh, a group of students were taken to the Wolf Sanctuary, uh, kids from the Logan School. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So one of our, so we have two different kinds of programs. The program I was describing earlier is the Community Adventure Program, and that's kind of embedded during the school day um, as an extracurricular class. Okay. Um, and then not every school can let us do that. Um, so we offer these multi-day trips, and that was called the Endangered Wolves Project. And so we've taken groups from Casa de la Esperanza up in Longmont, which is a residential community of uh, migrant farm workers. Uh, we take their children out every summer. Um, you know, we work with Strive Preparatory School, so Strive Prep Sunnyside just went out there. Um, but it, basically it's a, a wolf sanctuary called Mission Wolf. Okay. And we've been partnering with them since probably 2005 in the early days of Cottonwood Institute. And uh, they rehabilitate wolves that have been born into captivity, oh. and they have a big education program. Um, so wolves don't make good pets. And, I'm sorry. Um, I, I think you need to say that again. Wolves what? Wolves don't make good pets. Thank you. <laughs> People <laughs> think that it's cool to have a wolf as a pet. Mm-hmm. They are large predatory animals, and they need a lot of space. Um, they have a lot of high energy, and they don't do well in a backyard in suburbia. <laughs> they have probably, oh, I forget how many acres they have now, but they have a lot of land, and they have all these wolves. They probably have 30 or 40 wolves. Mm. Um, and so we do caretaker projects for the habitat around the pens and then also um, just helping to feed the wolves and oh. just learning about predators in an ecosystem, uh, what happens when you remove a top predator, Ooh. and how that impacts the rest of the ecosystem. So the kids aren't just going there just to, to lecture. They're actually helping out a little. Oh, we're camping out full on under the stars, uh, you know, for the week, um, it, up to a week usually. But usually it's probably a three to five day uh, program that we most schools typically do. Wow. Well, that sounds actually kind of awesome. Now, now you keep mentioning <laughs> students, but it's the summer. Do you have any programs that you, you conduct or do in the summertime or that the kids are free? We do primarily work with 
um, schools during the school year, um, but we do also work with some other youth-serving organizations um, during the summertime. So I mentioned uh, Casa de la Esperanza. Uh, we worked with Colorado Youth for a Change, which is a dropout prevention program, okay. and uh, just other programs like that that, uh, you know, a lot of schools kind of take off for the summer, and unfortunately that's the best time to be outdoors in Colorado. So. Exactly. Now, let's get down to the meat of it. Uh, we've discussed what you do, and, and I know personally that you have a passion, but what is the benefit for the kids or even for their parents in this experience? Well, I think, you know, I've looked at education outcomes from the federal level on down to state and local levels. It's like, what, what skills do we want kids to have when they graduate from high school uh, to either go into the workforce or to go to college? And I feel like there's a huge disconnect. I feel like a lot of schools are very focused on knowledge and skill, which is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. But they also want skills like we want, you know, leaders and problem solvers and creative thinkers and, um, you know, strong work ethic. And I don't know that the traditional education model is teaching all those skills. And so I was always a big fan, especially in my grad program work, of the project-based learning model, um, which is very hands-on project-based, you know, students are getting involved with real-world issues and, and not something that's kind of a theory in a textbook that they can't really relate to. Exactly. Um, and I didn't have, personally, kind of in my schooling growing up, didn't have a lot of um, those kind of hands-on project-based opportunities. And kind of like, why? Why aren't, why aren't we offering this at younger ages at an age-appropriate level? Um, so that's where kind of Cottonwood Institute kind of came together, blending the outdoor connection, nature connection, outdoor skills with um, actually teaching students how to identify local issues and how to do something about it. I feel like a lot of students feel like, hey, I'm just a kid. I can't vote. I don't have a voice. Hmm. And that is absolutely not true. And that's something we really kind of hammer into our programs. And the projects that some of the students have taken on have really kind of blown us out of the water. And some projects fail miserably, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, we say, okay, well, what happened? You know, what would you do? If you took this class again, what would you do differently? And a lot of times it's like, oh, we didn't really communicate very well together, or we took too long to pick our issue, or, you know, I don't know, we, we weren't organized. And it's like, okay, well, how do we make that better next time for the next issue that you want to take on? So critical thinking and analysis. Now, I was at a presentation that you gave once before, and you gave a specific example of a project that kind of highlighted students stepping up as leaders to solve a particular problem. I, I don't know if you remember that example, but if you do, I do. Yes, could, you, could you share it with, with our audience? I do. It was kind of a funny, it was a funny project because mm -hmm. it, it just kind of happened organically. You know, they, uh, the students were reading an article about just, just the population growth on the planet. I think we're reaching... 7.6 or 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. And how do you feed that many people and how, you know, what's the environmental impact of that? And so then they were just kind of noodling around doing some research and stumbled upon a group in Denver called the Rocky Mountain Micro Ranch. And they breed crickets and mealworms for human consumption. <laughs> and that, stopping right there, will make most people vomit. But uh, I think in the world, we're one of the few cultures that, that don't eat insects and it is a, a hugely valuable protein source uh, and it has a very minimal environmental footprint so they invited this woman who started this company to come talk to their class 
and uh, they got really inspired by it, and they got to taste some crickets and mealworms and things. And <laughs> they decided to have a alternative protein tasting day at their school, and uh, it was really cool because it, it got picked up on the uh, by the Daily Camera, and so they came out and did a little. Uh, they did an article, they did a little web video, um, and just kind of watched the kids eat and stuff. And they they made really kind of neat things. They made uh, brownies that were made with cricket meal. Um, and they made uh, cricket uh, caramel popcorn and uh, cricket okay. salsa. Okay. Okay. I, I, I... <laughs> and, you know, you had kids saying, I, you will never get me to taste a cricket. You can't pay me a million dollars. And then they were, like, eating brownie after brownie. After <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. That's <clears throat> lovely. So, basically, they, they found a problem, came up with a solution, and presented it on their own. Were, were there adults involved in, in that? Or, or yeah, they... so our, our teacher, our instructor facilitates them through that process, but it's not their, it's not the adults' project. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's something I found in, in just my, you know, focus groups and stuff I was doing in, in graduate school is, you know, you ask kids like, hey, what do you think about service? And they're like, oh, that's what your parents make you do, or that's what the school makes you do, or that's what you do when you get in trouble. Um, and it's just got this really negative you know, connotation to it. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to just make service fun. We actually don't call it service. Um, in the education world, it's called service learning, but okay. um, we, we call them action projects. It's like we see a problem, we're going to take action. So what are we going to do about it? And I think that's what's missing from a lot of schools is like, and especially in my school and growing up, you know, I learned about an issue and I'd maybe research it, maybe write a paper, maybe give a presentation in the class. But that's where it would end. And so we're trying to get, you know, you, you got this student's interest peaked at that point. Why stop? Like, mm-hmm. let's take it a step further. And I think, you know, it's just, I think it's hard with a lot of schools. I think every school that we talk to wants to be doing this kind of education. Yes. All the teachers get excited about it, especially in Colorado, you know, having access to the mountains. And we do have a lot of local, you know, environmental issues to, to tackle. Um, and, and I think, you know, we kind of get bogged down in the, in the schedule and, 40 minute classes and like bouncing from class to class to class and, and don't really have the time to go deep. So I think when schools can offer this kind of educational enrichment opportunity, they, they jump on it when they can. And that's, that's what we try to do because a lot of schools can't afford to do this kind of programming. And especially just on the outdoor side, you know, the gear and logistics and transportation, all that is too much for a full-time teacher to figure out when they're teaching a full load and they're lesson planning and they're grading papers the night, you know, uh, until 11 at night. It's like, when are they going to plan an outdoor trip? Um, And so that's where we kind of really step in. And um, we have an awesome program staff and program team, and they handle all of the logistics for these programs. The teachers, their main role is to help collect paperwork. (laughs) We, We take care of the rest. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. And we've been speaking with Ford Church. He is the founder of the Cottonwood Institute. And the thing that strikes me as the most 
unique about the Cottonwood Institute is, and I'm, I'm not going to reveal my age, but back in my day, uh, we used to go outside and play. <laughs> and now yeah. kids don't seem to do that. It's the iPod, it's the iPad, it's the gaming. And even if they are gaming together, they're each in their separate rooms, in their separate homes, and there's no connectivity. So to me, the, the Cottonwood Institute is kind of, I don't want to say taking us back to, to our roots, but it kind of feels like that. Well, yeah, and just to drop a few statistics that are pretty recent, the kids say are spending over 50 hours on, per week on some device. That's more than a full-time job, and they're spending 90% of their time indoors. And that's definitely something that we're trying to address. We recognize that there are barriers to getting to the mountains. Um, you know, but you don't have to go all the way to the mountains to experience nature. And, um, you know, even in your backyard, I think there's a big kind of push now to think about a continuum of programming from backyard to backcountry. Like, yeah, we'll get to the backcountry eventually, but let's start in our backyard. Let's start in our community. You know, what trees and animals and insects are just right in our neighborhood? And then start to go out um, from there and, and then get up into the mountains. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question that might get you in trouble. But <laughs> what is your personal favorite? outdoor location here locally what your favorite trail your favorite park what's your favorite Ooh, i told depends. you you know i have two i have two young kiddos um but we we like to get out and you know it depends how much time we have so if we if we want to get out on a quick hike um going up to boulder and hitting those kind of boulder trails or outside of golden um there's a bunch of local trails um we just actually stumbled upon a place i had never been i've been out here for over 20 years, and uh, uh, but that, out by Ken Carroll, I don't know if I'm saying that right. No worries. <laughs> Ken Carroll, I, I forget how they pronounce it, um, but just south of um, Morrison off uh, C470. So you don't have to go, you know, way up to Crested Butte or Steamboat or, you know, hours into the mountains. You can find great local trails. Um, and Denver Parks and Rec, I mean, they have a great trail system in Denver as well to take advantage of. Now, say you had a whole week, you, the wife, and the kids, somehow, all of you, <laughs> at the same time, had a whole week off. Where would you go? I would get back up in the mountains if we had a whole week. Um, I love Crested Butte, that, that area, uh, and outside of Gunnison. Um, and that's a, that's a hike. That's a, that's a long four-hour four drive or so. Um, steamboat area is beautiful as well. Um, yeah, I know those are a couple right off the top of my head. Okay. Now, um, uh, for parents who, who want to who hear this show and, and want to get their kids involved, how do they do that if their school doesn't have, already have a link with you? Yeah, I know, and that's uh, some people are like, hey, I want to sign my kid up for your program. And, and unfortunately, we, we are not like a summer camp where uh-huh. you know, individual kids will sign up. We, we contract directly with schools and youth organizations. So I would say that if you are interested in this kind of education, and having that available for your students, then definitely call us. Um, people can reach us at uh, 303-447-1076. And we'd love to have a conversation with the school and usually the principal. I, you know, if, usually if the administration's bought into this kind of education and um, a parent or a teacher wants to champion after school, mm-hmm. that's where we see a lot of success. Um, unfortunately, I've talked to some principals, and they're like, oh, we're a college prep 
you know, focused school and we don't have time for this kind of education. And mm. I, I was just really kind of shocked to hear someone actually say that. But I'm like, I don't think you fully understand what we do. Because I think some people just hear the outdoor part. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay, they're another outdoor program. Well, we send our kids to Ballarat or Cowwood and in fifth grade, so we already do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, like, <laughs> this is a much deeper experience. Um, because I think, you know, it's also the group development, team building side of things. Yeah. And we often, we, we survey our students after each program. And they're like, hey, you know, I got to know, you know, kids that I normally wouldn't have hung out with. And, and you do it in a setting that's outside of school, especially when you get into the, the hikes and the overnight camping trips. And so you, you develop these new relationships that, that would not have formed if we didn't have this program. So team building and community building. Yeah, for sure. And I think just the empowerment piece, um, you know, again, going back to that youth voice, I think, like I said earlier, a lot of students feel like they don't have a voice and then they get to see like, Hey, we have this project, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a crazy, uh, cricket eating project. And <laughs> Hey, the, you know, adults cared about it enough to send a reporter down from the daily camera. And then thinking about the reach that that web article and the print article had, you know, in the, in the wider community, like, Hey, we did make a difference. Yeah. And not all of them have that immediate impact. But uh, it's it's great when it does, and I think it's just more empowering and um, just gets them excited to take on the next issue. And I think that's the big conversation we're having right now with our curriculum is is what's next. Because mm-hmm. um, some students will take our program over and over again, but probably not more than twice, uh, maybe three times, depending on the school. Um, and so, you know, we say, so what's next? What other leadership opportunities are there? If you're into the outdoor stuff, great. There's a great, you know, scholarship programs you can take advantage of to go do an outward bound trip or volunteers for outdoor Colorado. There's other, you know, youth uh, advisory boards and leadership boards that you can get on. Apply. We'll help you apply, but you got to take the step. You got to mm-hmm. take the step yourself. Like we can show you some of the opportunities, but it's up to you, you know, to follow through. And so I think that that's where we're trying to build the pipeline. And then I think even looking longer term, now that we've been working with students for 14 years, um, what are the students, you know, we're trying to reach out to our alumni base and say, hey, what are you, what are you up to these days? You know, mm-hmm. did you go on to college? Did you, um, did you graduate? Did you, you know, what are you doing now in your career? Um, and also, how can we help you? You know, how can we be a connector for internships or jobs? Um, we just started a new uh, Cottonwood Institute uh, networking group on LinkedIn. And not only just for alumni, initially we are thinking, of like, hey, let's just bring alumni together. But we are like, no, let's connect them to our board members and our sponsors and, um, you know, our whole community that supports Cottonwood and, and help our students and alumni um, get to where they want to go. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver Metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. And we're back. We're speaking with Ford Church about the Cottonwood Institute. Now, great organization. Do you need any volunteers? You know, it's interesting. We are not a volunteer-run organization on the programming side because mm-hmm. I do get a lot of folks that say, hey, 
I want to, you know, get out on the trail with, with students or get in the classroom. Um, but we do, you know, work with a lot of volunteers, probably 40 or so different volunteers throughout the year. Um, we have people who serve on our advisory board and our governing board. Um, and then we have people who, um, actually don't have time for that, but want to help in more kind of project specific areas. Um, so it's like research and evaluation or, whatever the need may be. Um, we do have a lot of volunteers that tend to come out for our events. We do have an event coming up actually on Sunday, uh, August 5th, um, called The Throwdown, and it's our charity cornhole tournament um, that we put together at Union Station to help raise money for our programs. So we'll, we'll get a bunch of volunteers um, that come out for that and okay. help set up and break down. I'm a little slow. What's a cornhole? <laughs> So it's also known as bags. Uh, it's a Midwest game where you throw a bean bag into uh, a board with a hole in it. Oh, and oh yeah. Okay. So it's more of like a tailgating game, but uh, <laughs> you know, every every United town has a golf tournament. I didn't want to put together another yeah. golf tournament, and uh, so this is just a kind of a fun, unique way to get out for the day and 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 connect with each other and toss some bags and. Out. Now, is there anything else that, that you wanted to add about your program or, or the, the future of your program or just, just anything of that nature? Well, you know, I, I think we, we started in Boulder and migrated down to Denver and have worked in um, different schools here. We just started this past school year working in Aurora. Um, so I, I like to joke that our uh, plan for global domination is very sloth-like, but, <laughs> um, you know, we want to grow. We want to put high-quality programs t- together and and grow based on uh, demand and interest for our programs instead of trying to be in every school in the country. Uh, Cause I think if we did that, we'd really kind of water down what we do. And uh, I don't think it was, it would be as impactful. And that does it for another edition of life in Colorado. Special thanks to Mr. Ford church, founder of the Cottonwood Institute joining us and definitely for all the work he does for the kids. We definitely appreciate him. Our show producer is Richard Robertson. My name is Maria Oliver and this is life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.